Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That's On a Friday! It's all leaving with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Leaving Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube. So like, share, and subscribe to that. I can't wait to get this show going. It's going to be a great show. It's a packed show. Lots to get into. The NFL has officially started. We're going to break down the Chiefs and Texans game that happened last night. You got NBA. Lakers played the Rockets last night in game four. I'm going to preview Clippers and Nuggets game five. Also, game seven between the Raptors and the Celtics. Who you got? Who's going to win that game? We're going to talk about that as well. NFL picks. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's get right into it. The NFL is back, baby. Week one is underway. We had our first game last night for Thursday Night Football. We had the Chiefs going against the Texans. Chiefs win that game 34-20, to and trust me, the game was not that close. If you watched the game, it was a complete domination by the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes had a virtuoso, 24 for 32, 211 yards and three touchdowns, no picks. But the talk of the night was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 25 carries, 138 yards, a touchdown. This kid was all over the place. A rookie should not go into his first game and dominate like this. But guess what? When you have a great offensive line that the Chiefs have, you can have a night like this and you can continue to have great nights like this. What's so special about this kid as well is that he has great hands. He can catch the ball. He can catch the ball at the backfield and really make things happen. But he did it solely with running between the tackles last night. He was dominant. He looked like Maurice Jones-Drew just getting in there with his little legs and pounding away. Like, he, he was impressive. He had an impressive debut for a guy that's been highly touted. Andy Reid knows how to pick running backs. He's been picking great running backs his entire career. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looks like he's the next great running back. Sammy Watkins looked good, too. Sammy Watkins had a hell of a game. Seven catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Everybody got involved. Tyreek Hill, he got a touchdown. Kelsey got a touchdown. So all of their big guys got going last night. For the Texans, I can't really say that. I mean, other than Deshaun Watson, who had a pretty solid night, 20 for 32, 253 yards, a touchdown and a pick, and then a couple other guys like David Johnson and Will Fuller, that's it. I mean, the Texans did not look good. They looked like a team that needed time to work the kinks out. Like they were still in preseason mode. You can see it. They look like a team that needed preseason snaps to get going while the Chiefs look like they're in midseason form. The Chiefs look like they have not missed a beat and they're going to look like that for the entire season. This team has chemistry. They have camaraderie. They like each other. They took less to be with each other. They wanted to be a part of something special and they actually are. This is a team that can continue to win for the next five or six years. I'm not saying they're going to win five straight Super Bowls. I'm saying they can be competitive and one of the best teams in the NFL for the next five to six years straight. The Texans, they need something. Offensively, that offensive line does not look great. It doesn't look great at all. Watson is still back there running for his life. And their weapons, honestly, in regards to their receiving core, didn't look impressive either. I mean, besides Will Fuller, who else do they have? Brandon Cooks, you really can't depend on. This is a guy who's about 5'9", 5'10", I guess. He's very small, and he can't take a pounding. We've seen his injury history. He's had concussions over the last couple seasons, so we don't know if he's going to be a guy that can be counted on for the Texans going forward. Also, you have Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb is a veteran. He's been in the league a while, so maybe you can get something out of Randall Cobb, but it also, it's not going to be consistent. This is a guy that's also had injury concerns over his career. 
So you have a lot of question marks on this offense, and Deshaun Watson is really going to have to be Superman in this offense this year. He's literally going to have to carry this team on his back, sort of like how Russell Wilson has done for many years in Seattle. This is what we're going to have to see out of Deshaun Watson this year. And the question that I have for Houston is, are you happy? Is this what you signed up for? You didn't want to give DeAndre Hopkins his extension, his big money extension. So you decided to trade him and you really got nothing back for him. And this is what you do. This is what your offense is going to look like. This is not good. I, I don't I don't see them being a real productive team this year offensively. The defense is really going to have to pick up the slack. J.J. Watt is going to have to have a, a tremendous year, 15, 17 sacks, be a disruptor like he's been in his career and not the injury play J.J. Watt. But they're in trouble, man. Just week one alone, I can see that they have a lot of issues with their skill position weapons. And you had D-Hop. You had the second best wide receiver in football, and you let him walk out the door. Just dumb. Dumb. This team is going to be better off down the line when they walk Bill O'Brien's ass out the door. When they give him his walking papers. Because, man, you, you just... You just see how the relationship between him and Hopkins have broke down. And you can't, if you're a head coach, you can't repair that. You got to go. That's your best player or your second best player, whatever you want to call it. But you can't have that happen. Watson needs weapons. A quarterback needs weapons. Just because he's extra talented, he's super talented, does not mean he doesn't need guys that can be able to catch the ball on a consistent basis. Come on now. D-Hop tweeted after the game, like, I think he said something like, blessings or I'm blessed. Like, the dude is throwing shots at Houston. Throws shots. All because he knows that they're idiots. Complete idiots. And they're going to watch Arizona take off offensively this year. And what are you going to say? Everybody in that Houston locker room is going to be like, man, this, this sucks. Because we had this guy and all they had to do was respect him and give him a new contract that he is well deserving of simple it didn't take arizona long to figure that out yo we got hopkins here we got to give him the bag call the brinks truck and drop it off easy i'm not gonna lie to you i'm hoping that the texans fail i really do so they can fire that camp counselor looking head coach they got under bill o'brien they have not done much they have not gone anywhere every time they get to the playoffs they choke and it's bill o'brien it's his fault so get him gone. Texans, listen up. Be bad this year. Tank. Get the coach out. Because guess what? If he didn't like you or didn't like the way you were playing or how he felt about you, he'd get you out just like how he got D-Hop out. After the break, we're going to talk about Lakers-Rockets game four that happened last night, as well as game seven that's going on tonight with Raptors and Celtics and Clippers and Nuggets. On a Friday, it's all leaving. I am so stressed because I hate my job. Let me guess, you're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button? Well, come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have campuses in Westbury, New York, Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me. It took me seven years to get here, and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back, y'all. So my cousin texts me last week. He says to me, yo, the Rockets, the Rockets are going to beat the Lakers. The Rockets are going to beat the Lakers. You watch. They have Harden. They have Westbrook. They're going to pull off the upset. You watch because they got a better team. They play better defense. The Lakers can't do nothing with them. And I said to him, talk to me in a week. Let's have this same conversation a week from now. It's a week from now. Game four. The Lakers beat the Rockets 110 to 100. 
and it wasn't that close, honestly. The Lakers were up big. They were up as the most 24 points in the fourth quarter, and they went to sleep. They went to sleep. LeBron James had a great game. He had 16 points, 15 rebounds, 9 assists. Anthony Davis dominated with 29 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. Rajon Rondo was Rajon Rondo. Playoff Rondo, if you want to call him that. 11 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. But the man that stole the show for the Lakers was Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso, the undrafted player, the two-way player, has developed into a great role player for these Lakers. He is high energy. He does not back down. He plays great defense, and he hit some timely shots last night. He's been hitting timely shots this entire playoff. He's not a great offensive player, but when he gets hot, when he gets going, watch out. The Lakers had it going, man. They had it going all night. They dominated the Rockets. There was nothing the Rockets can do. And look, Russell Westbrook had a great game. 25 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. His plus minus wasn't all that great, but it never is. But who was the guy that choked? Who was the guy that did not have a great game? James Harden. 21 points, 10 assists. But the numbers are very, very misleading if you're just looking at a box score, right? If you're looking at the box score, you see 21 and 10, but you also see 2 for 11. And you also see that he shot more free throws than the entire Lakers team put together. So what does this tell me about the Rockets? This tells me that they are who I thought they were. I'm channeling my inner Dennis Green here. They are who we thought they were. They're exactly who I thought they were. James Harden is a choke artist. He has always been a choke artist when it comes to clutch pressure games in the playoffs. Russell Westbrook is the same thing. When are we going to start having a different conversation about who James Harden actually is? You want me to compare a player to James Harden? Historically, Karl Malone. Karl Malone was a great regular season dynamo. But in the playoffs, he would always have these gaffes. He would always choke up in the playoffs when you actually need him to perform. This is who James Harden is. He's a great player. Let's not get that twisted. But there's a difference between being a regular season dynamo and a playoff legend, a playoff god. He is not a playoff legend. He will go down in history as one of the greatest scorers to ever play this game. But when it came to the playoffs, when the refs are actually refing the game a little bit more close to the vest, where you can't flop around and throw your arms and get to the line 28 times, that's when you see the real James Harden come out. He was pouting last night. I saw so many different plays that James Harden was just in a corner, and he looked disinterested. He wasn't even set when a guy passed him the ball, and he just shot it. What type of leader is that? What type of example are you setting for your team if you have that type of body language? He is always somebody who's looking for an excuse as to why things don't happen for him. Against Golden State, when you're shooting 38 threes in a row, when you could have beat this team, and all he had to do was take mid-range jump shots, or we're just going with the game plan, you know, it wasn't falling tonight. How about you use your basketball IQ and change the game plan? Be assertive, make something happen. James Harden has a history of this, and we have to start criticizing him the way he needs to be criticized. He is a choke artist in the playoffs, period. There's nothing else to say. You cannot combat that with, oh, but yo, he's a great scorer. He is a choke artist when you least need him to be. When you think that he's going to be able to rise to the occasion and make a big clutch shot, he airballs. He turns the ball over. He clanks it. He shows frustration. He starts to flail his arms. He looks disinterested. I don't know how, as a teammate of James Harden, you can feel confident going into a game five because you played poorly as a team. You have a coach that doesn't make adjustments, so you can't look to him for any guidance. So who do you have to turn to? You have to turn to your two stars, your two superstars, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Well, let's talk about Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is that guy that you can be down 20 and he'll score a point on you and he'll start jawjacking you. You're down 20. Stop talking and play the game. 
Because if you played like this throughout the entire game, maybe your team wouldn't be down 20. Maybe if you stopped turning the ball over in clutch situations, maybe your team wouldn't be down 20. With James Harden, this is a constant issue. What are they going to be able to do with this team next year? They're going to have to blow it up. They have to blow it up. They have to go back to a traditional roster. This is not a traditional roster. This is the problem. They thought that this particular science experiment was going to work. It's not going to work. It never works. This is basketball. You can't win like this. Period. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm tired of seeing D'Antoni. I'm tired of having D'Antoni think that he's the biggest evil genius when it comes to offense. You need to learn how to bend a little bit. Have the type of roster that you have and say, all right, let's kind of adjust my game plan a little bit to the players that I have. Not say, this is how I play, this is how we're going to continue to play, and that's it. It's the dumbest coach in the NBA. This was the easiest series to predict. Why? Because you have a coach who has no idea what it takes to win a game and make an adjustment. Like, you know, why does he keep getting hired? This is my problem with the NBA, is that retread bum coaches like Dan Tony can continue to get a job because he can get the team through the regular season and then end up choking in the playoffs and nobody cares. Nobody cares. That's not okay. He can't keep getting jobs doing the same garbage. It's over for this. It's over for this small ball bullshit. It don't work in the NBA. Either go somewhere else or change your philosophy. Because I can guarantee you, Houston's going to come to you after this series is over. The GM is going to come to you and say, hey, Mike, how you doing, man? <laughs> what are you still doing here? The season's over. Oh, I was just hanging around because I figured that, you know, you and my agent can be able to talk and renegotiate the terms of an extension. Extension? <laughs> you didn't see what happened this season? No, no, no. You're fired. You're gone. You're, we're not, we don't want you anymore. We, we just were figuring that you left. So I was coming down here to make sure that you, you actually like cleaned out your desk. Yeah, you're, you're gone. Like we already hired somebody. Thanks, Bill. We appreciate it. I hope and pray that this is the end. This is the last team that Dan Tony will destroy. I hope so, but I can guarantee it's not. Why? Because that's how the NBA politics is. Retread coaches like this will continue to get jobs while guys like Derek Fisher, who didn't get a fair shake the first time, is now coaching somewhere else. He's coaching in another league. I'm sure he's very happy, but I'm just proving a point that certain guys don't get these chances. But retread bum-ass coaches like this that don't make adjustments, that don't care about the actual X and O's of how a game is supposed to be won, and listen to his assistant coaches, that guy continues to get jobs. That guy will continue to destroy as many franchises as he will get his hands on. That guy will get another job after this particular season's over. Let's turn our attention to the game that's going on right now between the Clippers and the Denver Nuggets, Game 5. Clippers are currently up 36-27. to Kawhi Leonard is putting the beats on them. He has 12 points early on 5 of 6 shooting. Waldo George has made an appearance. Paul George has 10 points, 3 of 4 shooting. So the Clippers are dominating this game like you expect them to because the Denver Nuggets really don't have much outside of Jokic. And Jamal Murray has been a complete disaster in this series. Now granted, you got to give the Clippers some credit that they've been playing great defense on him and frustrating him. But this is a guy that they've paid max money to. He has to show up. He has to be the guy to be able to kind of relieve the stress off of Jokic and give him some help. Michael Porter Jr. has been fantastic, but defensively, he's not that great. This team, this team has a lot of question marks, man. They have a lot to really hash through to see if they can be a team that can crack through that barrier and become a championship contender. Because right now, they're not really a championship contender. They were number three in the West, but did you actually believe that they had a shot at winning an NBA title? No. No, they didn't. You know, I picked them to win this series against the Clippers because I just thought that stylistically they matched up good. But it's not the case. It's not the case. Kawhi Leonard has really shown that he is 
a top three player in this league. But what I'm concerned about is the fact that he may break down because Paul George does not give him the help that he needs on a consistent basis. He's having a decent game right now, but is it going to continue? We're going to see. And a quick update, it's 40 to 27 Clippers that, like I said, they're all over. They're all over Denver right now. Jamal Murray is 3-4-11. 3-4-11 in a decisive closeout game. In an elimination game for them, he's 3-4-11. What are they going to do? What are they going to do with this roster? I tell you, the first thing they have to do, as I've been saying it since day one, is that Mike Malone has to go. You have to get a coach in here that can be able to push these guys a little differently. Mike Malone has gotten them here. He has done all he can. It's time for him to get off the bus and let somebody else drive it. Your shift is over. Clippers are going to win this game. They're going to win this game handily, and they're going to move on to their first ever Western Conference Final, which is pretty exciting for Clippers Nation, so congratulations for that. And... Who are they going to play? We have to see who wins the series between the Lakers and the Rockets. If the Lakers can close out the Rockets in five games, we'll see what happens with that. Turning our attention to the Eastern Conference round matchup, Game 7 between the Toronto Raptors, the defending champs, and the Boston Celtics. How did we get here? How did we get to 7? I remember when this series was 2-0, and we're in Game 3, and there's .5 seconds left. Boston is up 2 and then the biggest overthinking X and O's move I've seen in quite some time happens. Brad Stevens does an overload, leaves a guy butt naked, wide open in the corner, and he knocks the three in, and he gives the Raptors new life. Since that time, the Raptors have owned this series. They have won three out of the last four games. They have the momentum right now, and honestly, as good as Boston is, I just think that they let this series slip. I think that they gave this team confidence. They believe in themselves now. But the one thing that the Raptors have to get going is Pascal Siakam. Where is he? Like I said, I think I found my new Panic P. Panic P is now Pascal Siakam. This guy has not had a good game all series. He's supposed to be their go-to guy, the next stud, the next superstar. Where is he? Where is he? What has he done in this series? If they don't get a big game out of him tonight, they may end up losing this game. This is going to be such a great game to watch just because of the adjustments. I want to see what Brad Stevens does. I want to see what Nick Nurse counters with and vice versa. It's going to be great, man. It's going to be really great. But if I'm going to put a bold prediction on it, bold prediction, Toronto wins this game 107 101 Toronto goes to the Eastern Conference Finals. They are playing the Miami Heat, and we're going to have another dogfight in that series. And honestly, for some odd reason, I like Miami in that series, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I think Miami has what it takes to get to the NBA Finals. But either way, it's going to be a great series no matter who they play. If they play the Celtics or they play the Raptors, it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a classic Eastern Conference showdown, and I can't wait. By the way, latest update for the Clippers and Nuggets game. Nuggets got to pack it the fuck up. It's over. Pack your bags. You're going home. After the break, can you be considered great if you show up 66% of the time on a Friday? It's all leaving. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money. Representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire. Fire. All Even. We here. Let's go. Welcome back, y'all. So if I show up to work 60% of the time, how can anyone look at me and say, that guy is the best worker in this company? They can't. They're going to say, that guy can be the best worker in the company if he ends up coming here every damn day. But he doesn't come here every day, so we can't really put him in that echelon. We cannot name Jeff Employee of the Year because he's hardly here. 
I bring this up to talk about Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is being talked about in the same breath as a Michael Jordan, as a LeBron James, as a Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. He is on the precipice. He is on the cusp of winning his third NBA title with three different teams. Very impressive. Very impressive. I will never say that Kawhi Leonard is not a great player because he is. He's a great defender. He's a Hall of Fame defender. But my thing with Kawhi Leonard is he chooses to not show up to work every day. So how can I be able to put you in the same breath as a Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan only missed games when he was legitimately hurt. Not saying, ah, it's a back-to-back, I don't feel like playing today. Or, yeah, I know it's an 82-game season, but I only feel comfortable playing 60 games, and then I can be ready to go for the playoffs. How can you ever put a guy like that with guys that have been tough, durable, they fought through injuries, they played hurt, they played with passion, they, they did everything they could to win? How can you put Kawhi Leonard with those guys? When you think about who Michael Jordan is, the type of obsessive, crazy, competitive nature this guy had that he just wanted to rip your throat out every time he played you. And he made sure that he played hard every single game. He made sure that he was there every single game. Kawhi Leonard has never played an entire season in the NBA. The most games he's ever played in a season was 74 games, and that happened in the 2016-17 season. So for his career, 64 games, 58 games, 66 games, 64 games, 72 games, 74 games, 9 games, 60 games, 57 games. How can you put this guy in the same breath with those other guys that played every damn season? They played close to 82 games. I'm not saying Kawhi Leonard has to to play 80 games every season, but at least give me in the 70s every year. This guy takes off a third of the season, and yet you have the media putting him there with the greats. I'm talking about with the Mount Rushmore greats. Nah, he's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm not going to disrespect him like that. But I am not going to put Mr. Load Management in the same conversation as a Michael Jordan, in the same conversation as a LeBron James or a Larry Bird. That's not happening. That will never happen. And everybody needs to stop this. Kawhi Leonard right now has like 9,700 career points. At this rate, He is not going to be a 22,000-point scorer. I just can't see it because there's no way that in three or four years, Kawhi Leonard is going to be durable enough to play 60, 70 games. His body is breaking down now. So just because he's a great player right now, we have to start projecting. He's 28 years old. There's still a lot of seasons left for them to put him in that particular category but I I don't see him playing enough games to be considered an all-time great my friend said to me the other day oh well we gotta be talking about championships when we talk about players nowadays we gotta talk about winning Kawhi Leonard has two championship rings winning yes he's won at a very very respectable pace in his career because he played with three other hall of famers But what are we talking about here? You have to do the work in the regular season to build your career. He does not do that. He's one of those guys that thinks he can just take 20, 25 games off every season so he can be fresh for the playoffs. To me, he's making a mockery of the regular season when all the other greats before him laid down that groundwork in the regular season. Blood, sweat, and tears in the regular season. This guy, I don't want to play today. I don't want to play back-to-back. And then the organizations buy into it because why? He's a great player. So they have to sacrifice their season just because of this guy. Nah, 
Not on my watch, man. I'm not going to put him up there with anybody named Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I'm not going to put him up there with nobody named Irvin Magic Johnson or Larry Bird. Not happening. Kawhi Leonard, to me, is the greatest deceiver in all the sports. He's convinced a lot of people that he's so hurt. He's ailing. He's, he, he, he has to will himself through the playoffs and will himself through bad knees and, a, and an arthritic knee and all of this. And it just adds to his story of her, you know, him being heroic and him leading the charge and leading his team to the NBA Finals in back-to-back seasons with two different teams. Great. Pushing a narrative. I don't buy it. This is just a guy who just feels that it's okay to not give the regular season any credit. After the break, we're going to do some NFL picks on a Friday. It's all even. can't believe this is happening again. I'm sick and tired of this car. We have all been there, stuck on the road with people to see and places to go, so your radiator is busted. No problem. A to Z Auto can have you back on the road in no time. I took my car to A to Z, had a nice cold beverage, and was out of there before I knew it. 42 years of service, you can bet that not only do they take care of your car, but they take care of you. Custom work, nobody does it better. Bob is knowledgeable and can diagnose the problem in a matter of minutes. From his five-star reviews to the testimonials of customers' experiences, A to Z Auto is top-notch. Located at 1048 Hortons Lane in South Hole, New York. Ask for Bob and let him handle the rest. For a free quote, call 631-765-6849 and never get stuck in the heat again. Welcome back, y'all. Sunday can't come any sooner. So let's get into these NFL picks. First game, we have Cowboys at Rams. Cowboys are the favorites in this game. I got the Cowboys winning this game 31-24. to Cowboys have the better roster. They have the better skill players. Their defense is really, really good. They have some great pieces on defense. For the Rams, they still have some great position players. Their wide receivers, Cooper Cup is great. Robert Woods is dynamic, but we'll see what else can happen in that offense can josh reynolds be the third guy that they they're looking for their running back position is is a is a position by committee right now so somebody's gonna have to step up and and show their worth show that they're gonna be the dominant player but i i can't see them running the ball on dallas i really don't with that front seven that dallas has i, I really don't see that happening aaron donald who's the best defensive player in the league We'll see if he can be able to get to the quarterback. He's not had a successful career at getting to the quarterback when it comes to the Cowboys. So we'll see what happens with that. And can Jalen Ramsey stop anybody on Sunday? I doubt it. I doubt it. Cowboys win this game 31-24. Next game we have Seahawks at Falcons. Seahawks are the favorites in my opinion. I think the Seahawks win this game 37-28. Russell Wilson is in his prime. He is primed to have an MVP season. He's just a great player. He's going to find his receivers all over the field. The Falcons defense is still questionable to me. I I don't believe that they have anybody that can really stop. Russell Wilson can be able to get to him. They're going to have a field day on the Falcons, and it's going to be a high-scoring affair for the Seahawks. Next game, we have Jets at Bills. Bills have that dominant defense. I have the Bills winning this game 24-17. Josh Allen just has to do enough just to move the chains and get this game going. Let the defense take over. Sam Darnold may struggle with this game. I think that he's a good young quarterback, but this game is going to be a tough game for him. The opening game, they're rusty. There's no preseason. I believe the Jets are going to struggle and struggle mightily. Next game we have is the Bears at Lions. The Bears D against the Detroit Lions. Can Detroit get something going? Galladay is out for week one, so the Lions are going to be without their top receiver. Bears D may end up feasting on the Lions all day long. The running back situation for the Lions is pretty pretty shaky. They have Adrian Peterson now, but who's going to be the bell cow? Are they going to go with a committee? I just think that the Bears defensively have enough to stop this team, but the problem with the Bears is that Mitch Trubisky has been named the starter. That is all. 
that's a big issue. I don't think that Mitch Trubisky ends up keeping that job for the entire season. They're going to have to turn to Nick Foles at some point. Next game we have is the Packers at Vikings. This is going to be a great game. This is a division game. This is a game that's going to is going to be down to the wire. I got the Packers winning this game 31 to 27. Packers just have a better team to me at this point. Vikings are still good, but you can't really trust Kirk Cousins. I I, I know how valuable he's been for this franchise over the last couple seasons, but Kirk Cousins is not somebody that you can trust in the clutch. I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good year. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good game here. I think he throws for 300 yards. I think he gets two touchdowns, maybe an interception. Aaron Jones is going to go nuts. So this is going to be a game that, that favors the Packers, I believe. The next game I have on the list, Dolphins at Patriots. Dolphins are a revamped team. They have a great nucleus. They have a great young staff. They always play the Patriots well. It doesn't matter who is lining up behind center for the Dolphins. They always tend to play the Patriots tough. I got the Patriots winning this game, but they win this game slightly, 20-17. I think Cam Newton ends up showing that he still has a lot left in the tank. But I'm curious to see if this offensive line can be able to protect them. Those skill positions for the Patriots are very questionable. If they can be able to get some type of separation because they struggled with that all season last year. They could not get separation. Brady did not have any windows to throw to. And it was a struggle for the entire offense. That defense carried them the majority of that season. So we'll see. But I still have the Patriots winning this game. Bill Belichick is a maniac. He's a mad scientist. He will figure out a way. Next game we have is the Eagles at Washington. Eagles win this game 45-15. The Washington football team has really nothing. They drafted Chase Young. Chase Young is a great budding young star, but it's just not going to be enough. The Eagles offense is too much for this team. They're going to overwhelm them. They're going to railroad them and win this game easily. Next game we have is the Raiders at Panthers. I had the Raiders winning this game. 27 to 21 i'm curious to see what this matt rule offense is going to look like i think that the raiders are poised to have a breakout season this year i think john gruden has them on the up and up i think john gruden actually has the team that he wants now everybody's been talking about how him and Derek carr don't mesh and that's not his type of quarterback i believe that Derek carr is going to have a nice season this year next game we have is the colts at jaguars i got the colts winning this game 30 to 20 the Jaguars are the underdogs in this game, and they should be. They literally got rid of all of their talent. They got a lot of draft picks for the future, and they're basically looking like they're tanking. So I got the Colts winning this game easily, and they move on. Next game we have is the Browns at Ravens. I had the Ravens winning this game 45-22. to Ravens are the better team. They have the better defense. They have the better offense. There's nobody on the Cleveland Browns that could be able to stop Lamar Jackson. I think Hollywood has a breakout game. I think Hollywood may go for 5 and 120 and a touchdown. Can Odell Beckham return to the old form? Can he return back to the guy that he used to be? Or is he thinking about getting pooped on? I don't know. So we have to see exactly what goes on with the Browns. But there's huge question marks with the Browns because Baker Mayfield had a terrible season last year and he needs to have a good season or they may cut the cord on him. Next game we have is the Chargers and Bengals. Chargers win this game 23-16. to I think the Bengals offense is going to struggle. Joe Burrow's a rookie. He's going to go through his growing pains. He's a phenomenal talent, but it's going to take some time for him to catch up to NFL speed. So we'll see. We'll see how that game goes, but I have the Chargers winning. I think Tyrod Taylor is a serviceable quarterback. They have the weapons. Austin Eckler is there. Keenan Allen just got his bag. Hunter Henry, they have a good offense. Their defense is not too bad either. They struggled a little bit last year after coming off a good season. So we'll see how, how, it, how it plays out, but I do have the Chargers winning this game. Next game we have is the game that everybody's been waiting for. Buccaneers at Saints. Buccaneers, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, and his new band of misfits. He has some new toys that he can play with. He is extremely happy. Tom Brady is liberated at 43, and he feels that he has a lot to prove. He wants to be the guy to be the first team to host the Super Bowl 
to play in that whole Super Bowl. And we're going to see what happens. But I have the Saints winning this game 34-27. to Saints are the better team. They've been the best team in the NFC for quite some time now. And the only reason why they haven't won a Super Bowl or gotten to a Super Bowl is the... <coughs> excuse me, bullshit reps. Uh, but, you know, they have it together. Alvin Kamara is a dynamic player. Drew Brees still has a lot left in the tank. They have the best wide receiver in football than Michael Thomas. And not to mention, they just signed Emmanuel Sanders to be the number two. If Emmanuel Sanders is your number two, you have a lot of luxury. Not to mention that they have one of the most underrated tight ends in the game, Jared Cook. This is going to be a team that's going to be formidable, and they are going to show that they are the dominant team and the favorites to win the NFC South. Next game we have is the Arizona Cardinals at the 49ers. 49ers win this game 31-20. to Jimmy Garoppolo ends up having a great game. I think he goes for 250, two touchdowns, maybe a pick. You know, they have start. They have a good team there, but the defense, that defense is fast. That defense is aggressive. They are physical, and they're going to be able to get to Kyler Murray. Can this offensive line withstand that? They played pretty decent last season, but this 49ers team is just dangerous. They know how to get to the quarterback. They get to the quarterback in so many different ways. They can put pressure on you in so many different ways. So I don't see that the Cardinals have a chance to win this game. Although they have DeAndre Hopkins, it's going to be a struggle for him. The first game to understand the nuances, get some type of chemistry with Kyler Murray. They will end up developing that later on in the season. But for this game, they're going to have to just take it on the chin and keep it moving. That's it for my NFL picks. I want to see how I do. I'm going to keep a record of my standings every week. Hopefully, I have a winning record. I'm sure I will because I'm good at that. So, <laughs> after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. On a Friday, it's all even. This is a public service announcement. Down to your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils. But to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in a dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Monday and Friday, and then we pick the winner on that Friday show. Odell Beckham, he was a candidate because the whole poop story, that was wild. That was crazy. But he's not the winner. The winner. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is Daniel House, forward for the Houston Rockets. Daniel House is my, because yeah. this guy decided that he was going to take a COVID tester who is currently in the bubble with him to his room. Now, you would think that this guy would be focused on winning a championship and trying to beat the almighty Lakers, trying to upset them. No, 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 no. He was trying to get busy. He was trying to get some after-hours COVID testing. I'm sure that's what he told his wife. Because, hey, this guy's married. <laughs> this guy's married and did not take his wife to the bubble. And he was trying to get busy with some COVID tester. Oh, man. So not only did he get busted, but D'Antoni and the Rockets organization got mad at him and said, yo, you gots to go. You got to go home. They kicked him out of the bubble. They kicked him out of the bubble. He was probably begging, begging, yo, please let me stay. And it's not even the fact that I want to play. I don't care about that. I just don't want to go home. 
because my wife is gonna bust my ass. <laughs> Daniel House, man, you are the dumbest dude I've heard in a long time. Listen, I love Dummy of the Week because no matter what happens during the week, somebody always appears. Somebody always appears like Houdini, like magic. Like the sports guys are just saying, here you go, Barry. Go ahead and get him. Jesus, man. How dumb do you have to be? Couldn't you just kind of like finagle it? You were caught, caught red-handed. And they just looking at you like, bruh, you couldn't do any better than this. This was easy. At least the other guy that was in football tried to disguise the girl in Seahawks gear. But you, no, you're just going to say, eh, she's already in the bubble. She works here. She's passed. Everybody's going to be fine with it. Uh, they're just going to let me do this. You're Daniel House. Nobody cares about you. So when you stick out, that means that you're going to get in trouble. You think if this was James Harden, they was going to do this to James? No, 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 no. They were going to pin it on you anyway <laughs> and say that you did it just so James can clear and play against the Lakers. Man, oh man. Daniel House, I feel bad for you, man, because your wife is going to beat you. She's going to beat you up real bad. She may kick you out. She may take the little pennies that you've made in the NBA already. She may take about 75% of that because you in the wrong, bro. <laughs> so Daniel House, if you never win another hot night with your wife in the bed, just know that you are a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this week. But before I close out, you know, I just want to reflect on the 19 years that have passed since September 11th. I remember the day like it was yesterday. I was in high school and then mass panic broke out. You know, my mom was at work in Brooklyn and she couldn't get to me. So my best friend, his father drove from Queens and picked up a whole bunch of the kids that lived in the area and we all left and went home. And you know, one of our, one of our teachers, her husband had died. So, you know, my thoughts and prayers to all the families that have lost a loved one it's it's really tough, man. But we have to remember that as a nation, as a country, we came together. We showed strength when the world was looking at us to to be weak. And we came together and we, we got through it. We got through it. You know, people are still not over it. You'll never get over it if you lost a loved one. But you end up being stronger and you end up just appreciating the time that you had with your loved one. So we will never forget we will always be grateful. We will always be appreciative of the ones that, that, that lost their lives, that risked their lives for us. So let's take the rest of this day to not discuss any hate, not discuss any divisive rhetoric. Let's just appreciate each other. I'll see y'all on Monday. So until then, stay safe, stay together. Peace. Mayor Bloomberg, Governor Cuomo, honored guests, families of the fallen. In those awful moments, after the South Tower was hit, some of the injured huddled in the wreckage of the 78th floor. The fires were spreading. The air was filled with smoke. It was dark, and they could barely see. It seemed as if there was no way out. And then there came a voice, clear, calm, saying he had found the stairs. A young man in his 20s, strong, emerged from the smoke, and over his nose and his mouth, he wore a red handkerchief. He called for fire extinguishers to fight back the flames. He tended to the wounded. He led those survivors down the stairs to safety. 
and carried a woman on his shoulders down 17 flights. Then he went back, back up all those flights, then back down again, bringing more wounded to safety. Until that moment when the tower fell. They didn't know his name. They didn't know where he came from. But they knew their lives had been saved by the man in the red bandana. Again, Mayor Bloomberg, distinguished guests, Mayor de Blasio, Governors Christie and Cuomo, and the families and survivors of that day. To all those who responded with such courage, on behalf of Michelle and myself and the American people, uh, it is honor for us to join in your memories, to recall and to reflect, but above all, to reaffirm the true spirit of 9-11, love, compassion, sacrifice, and to enshrine it forever in the heart of our nation. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.